0: back, everyone, to another episode of Life Talks. Um, this is just going to be sort of a short episode. Uh, I don't know how often we'll do this. This is something kind of unique here. Um, everyone likes it. We may try to start doing more of them. Um, but this is going to be like sort of a question and answer session but it's not from people that are asking questions particularly, but questions that we may have throughout our daily study time. Um, I know for me, when I was uh, in my teenage years, there was things that I always heard preached about in church, but i never really i guess had the revelation of it you could say and so i would go to witness to someone and i'd get asked a question and i couldn't come up with an answer and so we we tend to many times listen to the preaching that comes across the pulpit and take the preacher's word for it. And, by all means, please do, as you should have that confidence in your man of God. But at the same time, there are things that you should be studying out yourself, especially when it comes to uh, doctrinal uh, issues, Uh, We live in a society that there are many, many uh, different ways of interpreting the Bible. However, there is only one true interpretation, and it's very important that during your studies that you let the Holy Ghost lead you as when you read your Bible with the Holy Ghost, you read with knowledge and understanding of the Spirit. And so that's very important. Uh, Without the Spirit, there is some context that it's hard to understand the Scripture. And so I just want to kind of briefly look over uh, probably a common question that is doctrinal based on one God. And this may be a scripture that you run across if you're trying to explain one God to somebody and they try to argue with you that there are multiple gods or multiple personalities. And that is uh, Genesis 1 and 26. And... People tend to take this verse and prove that there is more than one God. However, we know that there is not. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And so, let's look at this scripture a little bit. So it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, what I want to point out here is where it says, Let us. This is where people tend to take this and say that God was speaking to his Multiple personalities or his multiple deities to the to the son and to the spirit, the father speaking to them. Um, however, he was not speaking to multiple forms here. And there's really three ways. There's there's actually another way that I'm not going to get off into today that we can look at this and be consistent with one God. Uh, the first two is very brief. Um, and please understand here that I'm not saying that this is what's happening, but these are uh, different interpretations that are in agreement with one God. So the first one is just imagine that you're going about your everyday life and. In your casual, everyday thinking, you start thinking out loud and you're like, let's see, do I really want to go here? Now, let me ask you a question. Are you speaking to multiple people? No. You're speaking to yourself, you're thinking out loud, with the knowledge that you're only one person and you're not multiple forms, right? And I, and I know this is very simple, and we have to be careful here because, you know, the translation between the uh, the Hebrew to the King James Version Bible, they used the most appropriate words that they could. So, based off of that. With it saying, let us, if we as, we as humans can speak of ourselves or speak to ourselves in this manner, then can the Almighty God, the Ruler, the Creator of all things, who does not dwell in time infinite, omniscient, omnipresent the one who created us, can he not speak in his thoughts in the same manner? What authority do we have to insist on what manner God must present his thoughts through his word that's given to us? Because we know that every word is divinely inspired. And so, we have no right to say this is how it must be communicated. God can do it as he pleases. It's his word. Um, a second thought is, and this is one that I've heard before, maybe he was speaking to the angels, right? I mean... We know there are heavenly beings. The Bible says in 2 and 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Referencing that God is being accompanied in heaven by other beings, and this is extensively found throughout Scripture, that He is up there and the angels are there to worship him. So who knows? Maybe while he was thinking of creating man, he was just talking to the angel. Hey, let's create man. You know, God gets lonely. That's why he created man. <clears throat> One of the reasons he created man. However, one thing you have to consider here is that we are not necessarily created in the image of an angel. And so, if you're thinking at it from that point of perspective, he may not have been saying, let us create man in the image of me and you, the angels, but necessarily just saying, Having someone to communicate with, hey, I'm gonna, I'm going to create this being called man that is of an earthly materialistic body, and the angels could have just been sitting back and marvel at his creation. The third one I want to point out, and this is one that I agree with uh, the most and is uh, can be backed up through the Scripture as well, that maybe, and this is not totally originally with me, I just want to throw that out there. I actually heard this on uh, Kingdom Speaks podcast by one of the guest speakers, and that is this, that the Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our image, Our image. Now maybe and this is this is what I pulled from from Kingdom Speak was maybe God was speaking to his attributes. And if you go back to some of the earlier episodes of Kingdom Speak podcast, you'll get to hear uh, a little bit more on this. Um, I kind of take—I'm going to kind of take a little bit different direction, but it, it's a way an introduction to this. Now, according to Oxford's dictionary. An attribute is defined as a quality or feature regarded as a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. So let's think about that. Let's make man in our image and after our likeness. After our characteristic as an inherent part of me, my image. So notice that he speaks to his image and his likeness. Now, again, the use of our does not relegate that God was speaking to multiple people here or multiple persons of The Trinity. But what we should focus on here is the image and the likeness from which we were created. We know from Scripture that God is righteous, He's holy, pure, He's moral, He is love, meek, joy. And there's many other things that we can find of that Jesus is throughout the Scripture. Now, this may seem to contradict mankind of today with the world that we live in. But Genesis 6 and 5 states, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of evil was of the thoughts of his heart, was only evil continually. Which we see today. Here we read that men's hearts are continually set on evil. And so, if men's hearts are continually set on evil, how can that mirror God's image and likeness that we just described? So we have to take a step back. The original creation of man was that mentioned in Genesis 1 and 26 was before the fall in the garden. Mankind at this point knew no evil as they had not partaken of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When he first created Adam and Eve, and he formed them from the dust of the ground. Now, we don't know that time period between when man had fallen, but at the time when God was creating man, they did not know evil. And therefore, we can infer that their hearts were not yet set to continually do evil. And therefore... They were not made in an image or likeness that is evil. It was after the fall that the intent of men's heart was changed. And so that does not negate the ability to be recreated in his image and likeness. Through Jesus Christ... Because he was created in the image of God, and we know that he was God in the flesh. The identity of God was given through him and is also given to us when we put on Jesus Christ. We then can become recreated in the original form that God intended we put on his image. Romans 13:4 says, "But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof." And so to put on Jesus Christ is to have his spirit dwell inside of us. Just as in John 14:17 says, "even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. So what does this mean? This goes back to, he was creating man in his image In his likeness of truth. Of how he intended for it to be in the beginning. But with the fall of man, that stopped. But the beauty behind it all is that identity and that image that we were created in we can then be born again of the water and of the Spirit and then take on that original form that we were to be created in. And so with that being said, God was not speaking to multiple people or multiple persons of the Godhead, but He was speaking of how he was going to create man and his image and his likeness that we would be like Jesus.